The Lord be with you. This is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. We welcome you all to this morning's divine service as we gather around God's holy word and receive his very body and blood in the Holy Communion. Pastor Mech is in um, Africa uh, for a few weeks to teach at our sister's seminary there. So we uh, pray for his travels there and his teaching time at uh, our sister's seminary in uh, South Africa. Sunday school and Bible class meet this morning at 9.30 following a time of fellowship in the lounge with coffee and refreshments. Children meet in the music room for an opening devotion and adults meet in the gym for Bible class. Today we'll be studying the book of Colossians and 1 Thessalonians. Um, I'll be leading that this morning. Um, Roger Buck will be leading our new member class in the fellowship hall as we continue on with the uh, creed there. So please join us in the study of God's holy word. Last week, as you all know, we didn't get to um, gather together for Ash Wednesday. God had a different plan to shower us with his whiteness of his righteousness in the snow. But we will have our service this Wednesday at 8.30 a.m. or 6.30 p.m. The children of our school will be attending the morning service. Um, please join us as we, as we continue our Lenten journey. There is a a supper that uh, will begin at 5.30 p.m. before the 6.30 service. Also, there will be a board of elders meeting after the midweek um, Wednesday, midweek Lenten service at 7.30 p.m. I have um, two brief letters to read to you uh, from the teachers who have accepted our call. Dear Trinity Lutheran Church and School family, I am delighted and graciously accept the call to continue my teaching ministry alongside you next year as your first grade teacher. I come to you with many years of experience. I'm excited to work and learn new things from your staff. I believe that God has placed you in my life and me and yours at this perfect time. His timing is always best. I look forward to meeting all of you and growing in the knowledge and love of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I know that my family will be blessed by Trinity as well. In his service, Mrs. Becky Trutchell. The second letter is a letter from our other teacher, dear families of Trinity Lutheran Church and School. After prayerful consideration, I am pleased to write that the Lord has led me to accept the call to serve as your second grade teacher. I look forward to getting to know everyone and learning how my gifts and talents might best serve the members and families of Trinity. God's richest blessings, Mariah Larson. Lastly, I have um, our stewardship coordinator, um, Dr. Nicole Muth, who has a few things to share with us this morning. Josh, if you could turn her lectern mic up, that would be good. Good morning. You will receive a letter introducing our stewardship theme and the annual commitment form in the mail very soon. Our theme for Lent this year is Gracious Returns. Throughout Lent, we will be learning how God calls us to repent of our sins and return to the Lord, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger, and abounding in steadfast love. This is from Joel 2, verse 13. In the parable of the prodigal son, the younger son asks for his inheritance and foolishly squanders his father's money. When he finds himself penniless during a famine in a foreign land, he decides to return home and say to his father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired servants. 
But his father is lavishly generous to his son upon his return, showing mercy and forgiveness. Similarly, our Heavenly Father is lavishly generous to us when we are led to return to him despite the numerous times we have sinned in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. Out of thanksgiving for God's lavish generosity to us, we recognize that all we have, all we are, and all we do are gracious gifts from God, and we return a part of what is his to glorify God and extend his kingdom. So I ask you to prayerfully and thoughtfully consider how you might offer your time, talent, and treasures to support the mission and ministry of Trinity Lutheran Church. You will receive a copy of the annual commitment form in the mailing, and there's a link in the letter and also a QR code on the form so that you can either fill out the form, the paper copy of the form, or fill out the information online. To help Trinity faithfully steward God's gifts and plan appropriately for the 2023-24 fiscal year, please complete this form by Sunday, April 16th. That's the Sunday after Easter. Also, in collaboration with the 170th Anniversary Committee and Trinity Lutheran School, we're continuing the $500,000 capital campaign to enhance the church and school with our vision to improve the function and overall safety of Trinity's facilities. With a special focus on the two parts um, that are to be completed this year, the restoration of the church bells and the new school playground. Thanks to your generosity, we've passed the halfway point, but we could really use your help to fully fund this campaign. So as you consider anniversary, birthday, or memorial gifts, please help to preserve our history and be part of our future by contributing to the Enhance Your Vision for Giving capital campaign. It has been and continues to be a blessing and a privilege to be a member of Trinity Lutheran Church and to serve alongside you. Thank you very much. Nicole, the best way to follow along is to place your bulletin in the back of your hymnal. The panel serves as a guide. Uh, Simply go to the page indicated. Please stand. The bells will call us to worship. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Beloved in the Lord, let us draw near with a true heart and confess our sins unto God our Father, beseeching him in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ to grant us forgiveness. Our help is in the name of the Lord. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord. Let us kneel for confession and absolution. O Almighty God, merciful Father. Confess. 
Upon this, your confession, I, by virtue of my office as a called and ordained servant of the word, announce the grace of God unto all of you, and in the stead and by the command of my Lord Jesus Christ, I forgive you all of your sins in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. O Lord God, you led your ancient people through the wilderness and brought them to the promised land. Guide the people of your church that following our Savior, we may walk through the wilderness of this world to the glory of the world to come. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God now and forever. The Old Testament reading for the first Sunday in Lent is from Genesis chapter 3. Now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, You will not surely die, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was a delight to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. She also gave some to her husband who was with her, and he ate. Then the eyes of both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves loincloths. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And the man and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord called to the man and said to him, Where are you? And he said, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. He said, Who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree of which I commanded you not to eat? The man said, The woman whom you gave to be with me, she gave me fruit of the tree, and I ate. Then the Lord God said to the woman, What is this that you have done? The woman said, The serpent deceived me, and I ate. The Lord God said to the serpent, Because you have done this, cursed are you above all livestock and above all the beasts of the field. On your belly you shall go, and dust you shall eat of it all the days of your life. I will put enmity between you and the woman, and between your offspring and her offspring. He shall bruise your head, and you shall bruise his heel. To the woman he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing. In pain you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. And to Adam he said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. And you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken. For you are dust, and to dust you shall return." The man called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of all living. And the Lord God made for Adam and his wife garments of skins and clothed them. This is the word of the Lord. 
Oh, come, let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. The epistle is from Romans chapter 5. Therefore, just as sin came into the world through one man and death through sin, so death spread to all men because all sinned. For sin indeed was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not counted where there is no law. Yet death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over those whose sinning was not like the transgression of Adam, who was a type of the one who was to come. But the free gift is not like the trespass. For if many die through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of that one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of that one man's sin. For the judgment following one trespass brought condemnation, but the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. If because of one man's trespass death reigned through that one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so one act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. For as by one man's disobedience the many were made sinners, so by one man's obedience the many will be made righteous. This is the word of the Lord. The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fourth chapter. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting forty days and forty nights, he was hungry. And the tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, All these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, Be gone, Satan, for it is written, You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. This is the gospel of the Lord. I believe in Suffered under the conscious fire, was crucified, died in the spirit, he descended into 
the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. The devil really thinks he's something. And why not? He's got a perfect record. I'm not sure the exact number of people that have lived since the time of Adam and Eve. You can perhaps try to figure out how many billion it's been. But the devil was undefeated. All victories, not one loss. Every person he faced, every person he tempted, he got. He won. Maybe not all the temptations worked out perfectly, but every person fell. He outsmarted them. He outlasted them. He outmaneuvered them. Some were pretty tough. Some were easy. Some fell pretty hard. And some he got without even them knowing it. Those were the best. He was undefeated. So when Jesus arrives on the scene, why would he expect anything different? Because he's the Son of God? Oh, no biggie. The devil thought he'll get him too, he'll outsmart him, he'll outlast him, he'll outmaneuver him just like all of the rest. Maybe sooner, maybe later. After all, he's human flesh, weak vulnerable, despicable, and that'll be his downfall. The devil was so certain that he would remain undefeated, and the opportunity for him came. More like it fell into his lap, Jesus alone in the wilderness. No dove, no voice of the Father, no John the Baptist or loud crowds following him. One on one, this would be the moment. If the devil, so filled with consumed and hate, could ever feel joy, this was the moment. This was it. But it even got better. For this human flesh in Jesus was weak. 40 days of fasting. He probably never tried that one. The devil could almost admire that, except by the only thing that he could really admire was himself. Time to get to work. There'd be time to pat himself on the back much later. Now it was time to tempt the hungry Jesus with food. A piece of cake! Sorry about that. Okay, so Jesus is worthy, is a worthy adversary. Man shall not live by bread alone. That's Jesus' response. Well played, Jesus. Congratulations. The devil is undaunted. Being undefeated by so many people over so many years, he still had confidence. So maybe something just a little bit more subtle. 
Jesus came to save this worthless world and these worthless people that can't even resist the devil's temptation. And you know, that's something the devil couldn't figure out. Why bother? This world is no Garden of Eden. And these people, are they really worth saving? Maybe, okay, but God might think so at the beginning. But after all these years of sinful rebellion, Rebellion and idolatry and stubbornness? Really? Here he is, however, to be a savior. So, okay, Jesus, savior, tell you what, I'll give it all to you. I don't really want this world anyway. Just worship me. That's it. Just acknowledge me as the giver and you the receiver. That's my gift to you, and you can have it all. Why make this harder than it has to be? Huh. Jesus doesn't fall for this one either. You shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. Jesus was just as stubborn as some of the rest of them. A different stubborn, to be sure. They were stubborn in their sin. Jesus was stubborn in the Word of God. Okay. If it's the Word of God that he wants, well, that's what I'll give him. If he wants to rely on his Father, let him rely on his Father. So Jesus, jump. That's it. Just step off of the pinnacle of this temple. Your Father will protect you. He'll send his angels. Your Father will take care of you as he promised you do believe the word of God, right, Jesus? And Jesus looks him and says, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. And just for a moment, it was the devil, not Jesus, who was uncertain. A little bit off balance. Was Jesus quoting this about himself, not putting his father to a test? Or was he speaking to the devil to not put him to the test? Turnabout is not fair play in the devil's playbook. So he left. But the game wasn't over. He left only until an opportune time. The devil was not defeated for nothing. He'd be back and Jesus would go down. But Jesus did not go down. How many other opportunities were there? How many other temptations and challenges did Jesus face? We're not told, but surely there were many. The devil doesn't give up. His perfect record, of, his perfect re record is an evidence of that. But he was not willing to give up. And Jesus did not go down. In the wilderness, on the cross, or any time in between, the devil could not outsmart, outlast, or outmaneuver Jesus. You see, Jesus, the perfect Lamb of God, was sacrificed on the altar of the cross and then rose triumphantly from dead. And so there is forgiveness for a world of sin, for a world of death, salvation for a world defeated. There is only one who is defeated, and it was the devil. Jesus is victorious. 
And he is our brother. It is him whom we believe with all our mind, soul, and heart. It is him who we confess with our mouths. It is he alone who saves us. You see, victory doesn't come from us. As we sang just a few moments ago, with might of ours cannot be done, soon were our loss affected. But for us fights the valiant one whom God himself elected. Ask you who this is? Jesus Christ is. You see, that's an important thing for us to remember. If you try to go one-on-one with the devil, you're going to lose. Just try it if you're trying not to eat potato chips. You will go down. You're not smart enough or strong enough, and neither am I. Now, that doesn't mean we don't fight. We absolutely do. When the devil assaults you and attacks you and tempts you with all matters of sin to get you to doubt God's love for you or to hate someone or to take what is not your own or what has been given to you or, or to lie or take advantage of someone else or fall into others some sort of vice or believe the the word of the world over the word of God or not bother to pray or read or hear the scriptures or give in to your urges and desires or get annoyed with God for interfering in your life and what you want and what you think right and any other a thousand ways that the devil seduces us to think sin is good, by all means fight. Be a part of the resistance. Yes, but fight not with your own strength, but with the Word of God and prayer. And when you go down, and you and I will go down, know that the valiant one is on your side. The valiant one did not go down. The valiant one wins for you and wins you For you are that one word the devil hates above all others. The word he cut out of his vocabulary and dictionary. The word he forbid be spoken in his presence. And you know what that word is the devil hates? You are forgiven. For every time that word is spoken here in church, or in your homes, by your family members, or in your workplaces, or by your neighbors and friends, every time that word is spoken to you, the devil doesn't see the hundred trillion times and more he won. He sees only that one time he didn't. The one time he couldn't. The one time he went down and he can't stand when Jesus cried out the cross from the cross, Father, forgive them. You are forgiven. That's the one word he hates. And so it is the one word we need to keep, to keep hearing and speaking and proclaiming to the world, not only believing in our hearts that Jesus is our Savior and forgiver, but speaking it with our lips to those who have sinned against us. His forgiveness for us and for all. And then see what God did. He put this forgiveness in the most common and wide 
spread places of all places in the, water, in the world in water and in bread and wine. Every place where there is water, there is a place for forgiveness, for God's Word to make the water more than just plain water, but a washing of new birth in the Holy Spirit. And every place there is bread and wine, there is a place for forgiveness, for God's Word to make that bread and wine more than just ordinary bread and wine, but His body and blood, the bread of life. And so there is no rest for the devil, no respite, with Christians all over the world speaking and rejoicing and pouring out and eating forgiveness and living in forgiveness and rejoicing in forgiveness. It's enough to make the devil mad to maintain his own sanity. Don't think about whether that person deserves forgiveness or not or whether you want to forgive or not. Forgive them to drive the devil crazy. Forgive them and say, look, devil, that big fat one is in your lost column. He'll get mad at you for that, of course. He'll attack you more and rage against you more, but he can't win because he's already lost. For that big fat one in his lost column left a big old empty tomb that life and not death have the final word. That he, not the devil, have the final word for you. And that word is, you are not condemned, forgiven. Luther wrote this hymn, one little word, we sang subdue him. I like fell him better, but it's okay. Pastor Mack and I have talked over this over the years. He thinks the word is liar. I think it's Jesus. We don't really know. But today, let, let's have that word be forgiven. That word pains the devil. That word defeats the devil. And that word brings life and joy and restoration and peace which this world and the church so desperately needs, forgiven in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds through faith to Christ Jesus, to life everlasting. Amen. We continue with the prayer of the church. Pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace above from above, for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the church of God, and for the godly unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house, for those who in faith, piety, and the fear of God offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. For Matthew, our synod president, for John, our district president, for Alan, our circuit visitor, for Timothy and John, our pastors, for all of our teachers and staff, especially Chrissy Schmidt, our child care te teacher aide, for all members of our church, especially on this day as 
Roger Rodewald celebrates his 80th birthday. For all the leaders of this congregation, for those attending seminary and college preparing for church work, for our missionaries and chaplains, let us pray to the Lord. For our nation and for all our people, for Joseph, our president and Congress, for Tony, our governor, for our state legislature, for our judges and magistrates, for all who serve in public office, for all those who serve in the armed forces of our nation, let us pray to the Lord. For the sick, especially Deborah and Bart in management of an illness, for Bernadette, Sue, Jennifer, Sharon, Timothy, Doris, Benjamin, Coralie, Ronald, Heather, John, and Tim, all in treatment for cancer. For Emily recovering from knee surgery replacement, Emily, Emmy in rehabilitation, for Renee and Sue for an upcoming surgery, for the victims of the earthquake in Syria and Turkey, for Dorothy and Eleanor in hospice care, for the family of Ron Dukarski and the family of John Hutchinson, whom you called out of this veil of tears to your near presence, for those to whom death is drawing near, and for all of us, then when the last hour shall come, we may depart this life in the confidence of a true faith, the consolation of a right, devout, and holy hope, and in the communion of Christ's holy church, let us pray to the Lord. Recalling those who have gone before us in the faith, rejoicing to share with them in that Sabbath rest which Christ has won for his people, that together with them we may found, be faithful in the day of judgment and rejoice in the day of resurrection, let us pray to the Lord. O Lord, Heavenly Father, we here remember the sufferings and death of your dear Son, Jesus Christ, for our salvation. Praising his victorious resurrection from the dead, we draw strength from his ascension before you, where he ever stands for us as our own high priest. Gather us together, we pray, from the ends of the earth, to celebrate with all the faithful the marriage feast of the Lamb and his kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers, deliver and preserve us, for to you alone we give all glory, honor, and worship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated. As we gather together the offering, we invite you to fill out the friendship register.
stop your hearts. Let us give thanks unto the Lord our God. It is truly meet, right, and salutary that we should at all times and in all places give thanks to you, Holy Lord, Almighty Father, everlasting God, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who overcame the assaults of the devil and gave his life as a ransom for many, that with cleansed hearts we might be prepared joyfully to celebrate the Paschal Feast in sincerity and truth. Therefore, with angels and archangels, and with all the company of heaven, we laud and magnify your glorious name, evermore praising you and saying, Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. In the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament in my blood, which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. The peace of the Lord be with you always.
the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, strengthen and preserve you in body and soul to life everlasting. Depart in peace. God, that you have refreshed us through this salutary gift, and we implore you that of your mercy you would strengthen us through the same in faith toward you and in fervent love toward one another. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. The Lord be with you. bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen.